Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the self love series. Today, I'm super, super excited. I got a fabulous guest for you from、uh, her name is Tara, Tara Brown. And Tara is from Canada, actually. So, our friend from up north. I am so excited to bring Tara here because she has a really unique experience where she not only went through a childhood that's very challenging. But later went on to have various relationships that are similarly not very successful, and then had kids. And I think many of you probably went through something similar where we were not raised with a lot of love or validation, and then later、uh, tend to repeat the same, right? And then that's a very challenging situation. But I find most exciting and most inspiring about Tara. Is that despite all of that, she came through the other end, and now she's coaching and helping other people through、um, her own business, living a happier life. So, welcome, Tara. Thanks. I'm super, super excited to be here. Yeah. So, Tara,、um, if you don't mind taking the listener back a little bit in time to talk about your childhood, I think you mentioned that you had a Ukrainian mother that you didn't necessarily connect that well with, and maybe、um, your school experience as well. And how that made you feel rather isolated? Absolutely.、Um, my my grandmother, she came from this little Ukrainian town that wasn't too far from the city that I live in, and、uh, her she was she was in an abusive relationship. So she picked up her two little kids and picked them up and took them to to the big city. And like my my mom and my aunt didn't know how to speak English, and she raised them all by herself. And then she you know found man got married blah blah blah. Really, really strong woman, though, really strong. But I don't know.、Uh, most Ukrainians I know they're very vocal and they're very do the and 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 they they because of where they come from, right? They they come from a very hard land, right? So they're they're、mm-hmm. hard women. So my mom, you know, through she wasn't as hard, but she was she was tough. She was like a no nonsense. She didn't let people push her around. She was very direct, and she expected me to be the same way. And I was not like that. I was very much like my dad. I was very,、um, very soft-spoken, very shy, very. I don't want to conf- no conf- confrontations. So we didn't really connect at all, at all. Yeah. So, so not feeling connected to your mother, and I think that that is hard, right? Because when you don't have feeling like you're being supported or understood by your mother, but I think what you also encountered is later in school the situation didn't get any better. Is that right? Yeah, I was、uh, because I was I was such a a shy girl. I I wasn't I was a girl to stand up for myself, and I got picked on and bullied pretty bad in grade six. I didn't have like any friends, and some girl when I, you know the the girls the you know the rich girls the the popular girls they just decided that they didn't like me so. Um, I I didn't have any anybody, and I was very very lonely. And for the first time, I had suicidal thoughts, and I was eleven years old. Well, just eleven.、Um, well, that that must be feeling feeling super isolated because I I remember I went through a few years of being bullied as well because I. Um, I spent a few years in the U.S. and I returned to Taiwan, and and there's a bunch of kind of cultural differences, and also I'm just a very direct kid, so I would piss people off and not knowing what happened. Did you ever figure out why the the girls were picking on you? I, I you know, when they're that age, it it it, it can take anything. Like we had the same first name, <laughs> it could have been、yeah. that. Like, 
like little kids, they just don't know. They don't understand. They just, you know, I, I'm also biracial. So, and I was from a town where there wasn't a lot of biracial people. I don't really feel like it was a racist thing, but I mean, maybe that's why she didn't like me. I, I really, I really don't know. Yeah, sometimes just feeling, you know, being different is enough reason for them to pick on you and there's no r- rhyme or reason. So how did that, like the experience of, you know, growing up with a mother that's somewhat distant from you and then the school bullying, um, how did that impact you in, in, in terms of your choice of adult relationship? Well, I grew up very, very depressed. I was, uh, I don't remember a time that I wasn't depressed. So um, I was very needy and, and like at my, I had no self-concept. So I was, I was very much a, a what you know uh, people what's the word <sighs> men who who go after women they I'm I was I was their prey like I was easy prey mm-hmm. um, so I got into um, abusive relationships really easy because I I was easily controlled. I see. So kind of you bounced, um, I think when we connected, you said you bounced from one bad relationship to another. And uh, did you marry any of them and then, you know, have kids, et cetera? How did that happen? Well, my first one, I was 17 years old, well, 16 years old when I met him. He was he was a predator. He was 22. He was um, very, you know, very manipulative. And so I was easily, easily caught up into that relationship and I had my daughter and then um my mom who had passed when my daughter was five but at that time she said no more and she took me away from that relationship right away which means I didn't really learn my lesson so mm-hmm. it, it kind of kept happening but it didn't happen well and then I had another relationship with another kid and then my third relationship uh it was a really bad one and I had two kids with him and I was uh it was an abusive relationship I was in there for eight years and I kept trying to get out but it didn't happen because I just didn't have enough belief that I was strong enough and he was a very manipulative controlling and um a scary person he he knew what to say to keep me in line Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that's pretty common. So that we, um, if we have unhealed trauma, or if we feel that we need validation from the outside, then we become easy targets. So this is definitely a good reason for us to want to heal. And I, I personally, that was a wake up call for me um, after the divorce, right? I was like, okay, something's going on, I, I got to heal that. So sometimes that, that is what's needed. It's painful, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and I was working at it, but I just, it just wasn't, I wasn't getting what I needed quickly enough, like for the universe. And the universe was like, enough of this. This is full garbage. And uh, thankfully, um, my son was super strong, and he made the call that needed to be to be made. And I didn't, I, we got out of there. We we got out of that situation. So you but, um, go ahead. Yeah, um, I th- I think you mentioned that the there was a particularly, was it a bad confrontation where your son called the authorities? How did that went down? You, you know, it wasn't. Um, I We had been at a shelter probably a, a couple of months before that, but it, it didn't work. And um, so one day he just, he just went to the store and, and instead of going to the store, he went to a payphone and, and called, uh, called the police. 
I see. And then did the police come right away to intervene and maybe take the kids to a foster care system or how did that happen? Yeah, they, they took them uh, uh, pretty quickly um, um, to a, just to a, an area like it was it was a really complicated situation, but they took them and then my brother took them and it was a big thing. And, you know, uh, but then uh, a couple about a month later, because this guy was still in my life and still harassing me and still with the kids and stuff like that, um, I lost them. They, the authorities came and took him away. Mm-hmm. From, so, and that was the worst day of my entire life. And wow. the day where I hit rock bottom. I see. Yeah, sometimes we it takes those really hard lessons for us to wake up from the trance, right? That we could just keep going the same way. So, yeah, well, exactly, right? Because we... We want to change and we try to change, but we just don't know. And we just don't feel that we are strong enough. And we just, you know, we just don't feel power enough to make the changes until something says, okay, well, no, this isn't right. And you have to make this change. So we're just going to, I don't know, just knock you right down. So you'll have, you'll have to pick up your, pick yourself up again. And hopefully you do, right? Because the, the, if you don't, it's, it's, not pretty. Yeah, that's for certain. So after your kids were taken away, um, how did you turn things around? I think that's where there was really interest on all the listeners is how did you do that? Because a lot of us have hit rock bottom and it just feels like this turmoil will never stop. It will never get better. Well, I, well, I, I decided because they told me that I, like, I, I always thought that it was a good mom, even though, I was depressed and I was being, you know, abused and, you know, all this other stuff. I, my kids knew that I loved them. I always tried, made sure they were fed. I always made sure they were tucked in. Like they thought I was a good mom. And then they re- I realized that I, I wasn't because I wasn't able to take care of myself. I was, I was actually neglectful because, you know, like when you get into a big depression slump, you can't like get out of bed and you can't, you know, you, you can't do the things you need to do. And I wasn't teaching them very good lessons and very good habits. So, and that wasn't acceptable to me because the one thing I've always wanted to be was a good mom because I love my kids to to death. I just love them so much. So mm-hmm. because of that, I just decided that I needed to, I needed to change. I needed to step up and do better. And so I, I decided I had already been working on myself and trying to make myself better, but then I went full steam ahead and I, and I just devoured everything. I read everything and I, and I went into counseling and I, and I went and did programs and I, and I took courses and I did everything I could to change my life and to, to, to become a different and more strong person. I'm no longer a victim. I am now what I consider a warrior. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. What was, um, you know, any specific, practice that really helped you like you know for example for me personally it was journaling and kind of planning my day ahead so I don't feel like so frazzled when the day starts is there anything uh, that you would say you know the listener is deep in the dumps like you should definitely try this the the biggest one of the biggest things that helped me and it is so like people just don't understand the power is gratitude um I do gratitude lists all the time I take gratitude walks I just look at my family and my kids 
And I say, I am so grateful. Like if you live in gratitude, then you can't, you can't live in gratitude and live in like fear and depression and because they're two opposite feelings, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do the opposite. So it, it, the more you can stay in a, in a state of gratitude, the more, um, the more you can try to teach yourself to feel that way and try to live that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I do gratitude exercise every day as well for the same reason, because I, um, I live in a lot of fear, right? Having been abused and constantly feeling that something bad is going to happen, the other shoe is going to drop. I'm always scared and I'm always vigilant. And I realize that gratitude really helps. It just keeps me centered to appreciate oh, yeah. everything that I have. Yeah. Yeah. When you're feeling, when you're in that state, when you're, when you're feeling that gratitude, when you're making your list, when you're, when you're meditating or, or focusing on that gratitude, you're not feeling fear or, or you're not feeling, you're, you know, you feel good. So the more you can feel that in a day, like it, it's more than just the list. It's, um, it's going out and, and when somebody holds the door open for you and you don't have to drop all your stuff, feel the gratitude, you know, and try to make it a daily thing where you do it all the time because the more you do it the more the more good you're going to feel the better you're going to feel in your life and in your in your soul yeah i love that that you mentioned this one because um in my younger days i was looking for complaints all the time like oh this is not perfect this is not working out and i realized the more i complain the harder i am also on myself because what i do to the world i do to myself like double and when i started to do the gratitude exercise it felt like oh my god like, why do I care? But I, you know, I decided to give it a try. And in the beginning, there was no feeling like I was just saying, oh, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that I have a job, I have a roof over my head. But eventually the feeling came. And I, I, I think that's interesting and why a lot of people don't keep doing it is in the beginning, they don't feel it. So they drop it. Yeah. And they just still surface. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that it's sunny outside. I'm grateful that I have kids. I'm grateful. You right. Know, right. But it's when you go a little bit deeper and you're like, you know, I'm grateful that my, my mother's there for me when I, when I need her, like, cause if it wasn't for her, I'd be, I'd be lost, you know? And if you felt that gratitude or, um, I'm grateful that I, my coworkers are there for me during the day because if, they're, if they weren't there for me, I'd, I, I'd lose my mind. And you feel that gratitude because, you know, you're, you're, you're going a little bit deeper, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The feeling component is ex- ex- important, but um, I also know that I can't force it. So I just have to keep doing it until no. fake it till you make it, right? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you know, the more the, the, and that's the thing is the more thoughts are thoughts, but your emotions are more powerful. They're, they're, they're what is what uh, your vibrations come from, right? So mm-hmm. the more you can try to feel the feelings and the more you can tap into those feelings, the, the, the better off you are. Yeah, that's definitely true. And then I also realize that the things that I just take for granted, like, for example, having, you know, legs that can walk, right? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I take that for granted. But then I ripped my knee and then I couldn't work out for six months to a year. And then I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I did not know what I had before. No, you don't. And and we do. We take it all for granted. And and then we will, you know, we, we get a reminder that, you know, we see somebody in a wheelchair or we... You know, we see a movie where somebody, you know, loses the, and then we remember and we kind of like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But it's, if we don't see that on our everyday life, it's not something that we remember. We should, not at all. yeah, we should always try to like, I know there's, 
there are certain meditations that you can do that just things think you can where you can thank your whole body right like mm-hmm. I thank for my legs for that I can walk and thank over my arms you know you can do that mm-hmm. too that that's a, a super great practice actually yeah I agree because so many of us don't love our body we're always picking on our body like why mm-hmm. like I used to be like why can't my legs be longer because my mom's like you know look at your sister she has great legs what happened to your legs um so I was always very self-conscious of it and then now as I get older I'm like wow you know if my legs can work that's perfect I don't care what it looks like (laughs) yeah and you know what and it really doesn't really you know we have to get to a point that we realize that it that we have to be okay with who we are and our bodies because we're going to change and we're going to grow and we're going to get old and you know so it's the inside that counts, right? That's that's the part that you want to mess around with. That's the part that you want to fix. You want to fix your inside. And once you can fix your inside, then you can really do anything with your outside, right? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. So if you don't mind me asking, like, um, when you had that relationship with your son where eventually he called the authorities, he was taken away, and then you, you know, worked on yourself, and then um, at some point you got your kids back, but... Did you guys ever have a heart-to-heart conversation? Did he ever ask you, like, Mom, why did you not leave these awful people? Um, my son ever, is yeah. so my son is so intuitive. He is he is such mm-hmm. a he's just a smart guy. Like, um, he but he's not really a talker, and I'm not gonna push him. Like, he he, I make sure that he he's not holding things in. Mm-hmm. and I and I'm and I'm open and I'm open like I'm so open with my kids and I tell them everything like like you know and they and he see they see but especially him like he's just like if you ever met this guy he's just the, such an amazing guy he just he's just smart and intuitive and resilient and but yeah we've had a few talks but nothing like you know nothing that I I would hope for but when he's when he needs to talk, he'll he'll talk. But I'm not going to push him because, you know, you got to be ready. Everybody does, right? If you push somebody to to do something, yeah. then it's not going to work. But if you're open and you say, "Dude, I'm here for you, no matter what," then the mm-hmm. doors will be always open. And I, I have an I have a relationship with my kids that it's just like they can come tell me anything, and there's no judgment ever, ever ever there's just no judgment so they they don't feel uncomfortable coming to me they don't feel mm-hmm. yeah wow so few of us had that no judgment right like complete acceptance that that to me is almost the essence of love that i completely validate and accept you for who you are mm-hmm. but i mean I, I had to learn a lot right i had to learn a lot about how to be a good person how to be a good parent how to be you know, strong, how to be, you know, it was just, it had to, I had to relearn it. I had to retrain my brain and, uh, and make the decisions that I needed to make to become a better person. Yeah. It's such a beautiful story. Did you ever um, feel like you and your son's relationship were strained or was it, was it always still very close despite the fact that, you know, he was taken away or did you have to rebuild that relationship? um like like my older daughter the one that I had when I was a teenager she she held she held on to a lot of hate and anger for me for a long time but my my Mm -hmm. sons my boys they just 
they always loved me. They've always loved me unconditionally. They've, they've always forgiven me. They've like, we were together, right? We, we would, we would be scared together. We would, um, you know, we would be, be, we were in it together. We were always a team. Like I always made sure that, that they knew that we were a team and, and we were going to get out of this because we were a team and, and it was going to happen. Like that was always the, that was always the mentality. It wasn't like, or we're just done. We're just, we're just going to keep trying. We're, we're going to try something else. And then we but we will as a team get out of this. And that was my, all my, always my mentality. So when everything happened, I don't think they, they blamed me or they were, which, which really they could have, but they just, mm-hmm. they, they always accepted me and always knew that I was going to try and do what's best and always try and try and make sure that we were back together. That was, they knew that was my goal and they knew that was what was going to happen. Wow. That's such a lovely story. And I'm really grateful that you shared this story with me because even though I don't have kids right in the back of my mind, I think a lot of the listeners feel that way. It's like, Oh my God, I wish that one day my parents would try for me that they would try to love me, try to get better. And for many of us never happened, but just to know that it is possible and, and I always tell people that are parents that even if you feel like you were not the perfect parents, first of all, nobody's perfect, but you, if you felt like you did a subpar job and that you damaged your children, it is fixable because kids are born. Like we are just inclined to love our parents. Like even me, right? Despite every bad thing that my parents did, if they really change and they truly come back and apologize and own up, I would forgive them. There is zero reasons for me not to. So I, I, you know, I, I love your story because it gives so, people so much hope that even an impossible circumstance could be turned around. When you turn around, when we change, everything changes. Yeah, absolutely. All, all you have to do is decide and, and make the commitment. Anybody can do it. They just have to keep moving forward. Like, you, you know, that's that's the big deal. Like, you're as long as you keep moving forward, no matter what you're doing, whether you're trying to change yourself or you like right now, I'm I'm, I'm working on my business and as long as as you keep moving forward something's gonna happen like it has to does that not make sense like it has to happen as long as you keep working at it and keep trying different things and keep studying and working and changing and learning then the the, what you want has to happen it's just logic as, as as far as i'm concerned anyway yeah, I agree with that. It is the persistent approach. There is no magic bullet, right? There's just a lot of lead bullet and you just keep shooting it every day and it will have to change. I absolutely love this message. Thank you so much, Tara, for joining us. Is there anything that you want to just leave the listener at the end? Um, just on on that note, um, when you do make the changes, yeah, it's slow going and yeah, it's step after step and yeah, you may only be able to do a little bit at a time, but once you start making those changes and you start looking around and you're like, Oh my, look at my life now. It is so worth it. You're going to have so many aha moments and you're going to have just so many good feelings and you just like, you don't, you won't, it's worth it. It's so worth it. I can tell you as someone who, who lived most of her life in depression to someone now who rarely even has a sad day, it is worth it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a beautiful story. So thank you again, Tara, for joining us all the way from Canada. Um, and I will leave the information to contact you in a show note, um, including your website, Live a Happier Life. 
Um, it is such an honor to have you as my guest. And I, you know, I just really appreciate you being so candid and open and sharing your experience. That's what I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank I you, really Tara. enjoyed being here.